And we have a debate between Reb Chaim Konievsky oh. and the Rebbe. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So Ayin Hora comes up. It comes up throughout Chumash. Even before you get to Halacha, just certain stories of the Chumash are very much connected to Ayin Hora. Two things in this week's parasha. Number one, the beginning, Kisisa. The Potsuk says clearly, Kisisa. The Abisha tells Moshe Mitzvah. Whenever you want to count the people, don't count them by head. Count them through each person donating a half a silver coin, a machsus shekel. And the Pasuk says, in order there shouldn't be a plague when you count them, if you're going to count them by head. And Rashi in his commentary says, black and white, that if you count people by head, a plague will come, says Rashi, because of ayin horror. You count so many Yidin, there's big numbers, it creates a, a jealousy and envy, even if there's nobody watching. It creates it, you know, there's forces of impurity that, that cast an evil eye. It doesn't have to be a physical human person. Forces of Klippa, of Tumma can cast an evil eye upon the Yidin, and that will bring a plague. The Apostle says a negative will come. Rashi says, through the eye in horror, through the negative eye. And Rashi says it actually happened, the story in David HaMelech. David HaMelech tells his nephew and his general Yoyev to count the Yidin. He counts them by head. 70,000 Yidin die. The story Whoa. in Nach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story in, uh, in Shmuel. As a result of Ayin So A plague came because he counted them. The apostle doesn't say Ayin but Rashi says, in fact, David... After the, after the calamity, he blamed himself, and God, there was a novi called God HaChoyzeh, the seer, God HaChoyzeh, went to David and said, this was, uh, this was your mess up. Wow. Why don't you remember the beginning of Parsha's Kisisa, this week's Parsha? The Torah says clearly, a, a few psukim, it's not just a hint and a pasuk. It's black and white. And we landed Parsha Shkolem as well, we landed a few weeks ago. He says when you count Rosh Bnei Yisrael, each person has to give something that you count. Don't count them or else Veloye Banegev, there's going to be a, a plague, a calamity. Well, they didn't have the half a shekel, they didn't get counted. So, you don't need the half a shekel particularly. Not every time you count Yidin do you need a half a shekel. There was another way to count Yidin. Well, there's many ways. For example, when Shaul, last week's Haftarah, when Shaul wages war against Amalek, he raises a huge army of Yidin and he counts his soldiers. Vayif kedem betloim, it says each Yid donated, the, there was a lamb. There was a lamb for each Yid. So it wasn't through silver coins, it was through lamb. So it doesn't have to be a machsis asha, you don't have to give a half a silver coin. That, that's a separate mitzvah. Once a year, Yidin would always give a machsis ashekel, and with, the, with all that money, they would buy sacrifices throughout the year. So there's one mitzvah to give machsis a half a shekel coin once a year. There's, and if you're counting Gidon at that time of the year, so just count them through the half a shekel. But if you count them other times of the year, you don't have to, not, you don't have to it's not a fundraiser each time you count the Gidon. 
You could do it any way you want, but don't count their heads. Like we see by Shaul, he counted them betloim. Before he went to fight Amalek, with the story with Shaul and Shmuel, it says, Vayifkadim, he counted them betloim with lambs. Anyhow, but Rashi in his parasha says, David somehow forgot that eluded him. He instructed his nephew Yoyev to count the people by head. They did. 70,000 people died. Now, in the Chumash, it doesn't say anything about Ayin Hara. Those words you don't find in the Chumash. It says in the Chumash that there was a plague. Rashi learns that the mechanism of how the plague came to be was through an Ayin Hara negative eye. You have to understand, sometimes you're counting the Yidin, there's nobody there but the Yidin being counted. So who's the negative eye from? The Yidin themselves? Or it says forces of impurity, not in the physical body, that, that cast the Ayin Hara. It comes up again in this week's parasha. The Luchas. The first Luchas we know Moshe broke because when he came down the mountain, lo and behold, the Jews were... We had a shit about this last year. Why, when Moshe was on the mountain, Hashem told him what happened with the Egel. Right. Moshe didn't break the Luchas. First, he davened for the Eden. And Fakert, he then took the Luchas from Hashem, brought them down the mountain, expecting to give it to us, even though he knew we had uh, stumbled with the golden calf. Hashem told him while he was still on the mountain. Yet Moshe still came down with the luchas. And when he saw it, he broke it. And the oldest question in the book is, what, Moshe didn't <coughs> believe Hashem? Hashem told him the Yidin made the eagle. Moshe knew it was true. And yet he still felt we deserved the luchas. But when he came down and he saw that it's for real, <coughs> what does so that he mean? So he saw the Sfarno says, mm -hmm. Hashem didn't tell Moshe about the dancing. He told them they were worshipping. So Moshe's like, no. They said, in Egypt, they were, they were busy serving idols. That's just what, there was a big tithe for it in those days. It was the norm. That was the culture around the world. So they didn't felt, you know, they went back to their old ways. But they probably feel guilty about it. But when he descended from the mountain, he saw they were dancing. They were dancing. He saw the mechilas, the dancers. Then he realized that he has to shake them out of their, their slumber by smashing the luchas <coughs> in front of them. But either way, Moshe. That's no. what the Sephardim says. In your shear, I think it says a letter. Yeah, yeah. But the, there was, we saw, we saw, we had a shear a year ago. We saw off. many different sources. The Pirkei Drabelezer says the letters flew up. The letters flew it was up. Like the ark, you said it carried itself. Right, exactly. Like when Moshe carried the luchas, which whatever, according to the Pirkei Drabelezer, this is just on the side. According to the Pirkei Drabelezer. The luchas were extremely heavy. Moshe was strong, but these luchas were very heavy. But the scripture that Abish had put inside the luchas, it wasn't just a hollow engraving. There was actually, it was full of spiritual ink. There were holy letters, not tangible, and that's why there was no ink. It was, it was engraved. If you looked at it, it would just see, you know, a hole. But inside that hole was spiritual ink, spiritual letters. And those letters carried the luchas. When Moshe came down the mountain, says the Pirkei and the Luchas were in windshot, so to speak, of the eagle, those holy letters in the Luchas went back to heaven. They were no longer carrying the Luchas. The Luchas now became so heavy, Moshe accidentally dropped them. That's what the Pirkei de Rebelezer says. What's the Of what? Throwing the Luchas. Oh, it says, he threw them. So the Rashbam says, the Rashbam himself says that when Moshe saw the eagle, Moshe became so weak that the luchas were falling from his hands. In order they shouldn't crush his toes, toes yeah, he gave them a bit of a nudge. 
So with the Pirkei Tebelezer, you give the same answer. And the Rashbam just says that he became weak. When he actually saw it, he pushed became weak. When he was in heaven, he was fighting for us. You know, that gave him strength. When he came down, he pushed his sword, he was weak, and accidentally fell. In order he shouldn't squash his toes, he gave it a nudge. In the Pirkei Tebelezer, you say the same thing. The spiritual letters flew up. It now became too heavy to hold, and gave a little nudge. But I'll call upon him. text and hold. Uh, must, must be it, must be it. Letters go Text. <laughs> Moshe then goes up for another 80 days. 40 days to daven for the Yidin. Hashem shouldn't wipe him out. And then for a third set of 40 days, where at the end of that, Moshe comes down with a set of second luchas. When it came to the second luchas, Hashem told Moshe, I want this to be silent, quiet. Shashtil. And Rashi quotes, Rashi quotes, you know why the first Luchas met such a disastrous end? Because there was too much fanfare, too much uh, paparazzi. When it was given, there was lightning, there was thunder, there was, there was a shturim. Rashi says because there was too much uh, excitement about it, there was an eye in horror. Eye in horror. An evil eye on the Luchas themselves, which were created, made by the Ebishter. An eye in horror can affect even that. <laughs> So therefore, Hashem, by the second luchas, what does Hashem say to Moshe? Before Moshe went up for the third set of 40 days, Hashem tells Moshe, go to your tent. This is in, after the second set of 40 days, right before the third. Moshe was overnight in his tent. Hashem said, in your tent, you're going to see a big slab of sapphire. Carve out the correct measurements for luchas. The leftovers you keep for yourself, put it in your bank, and bring it up. And I'm going to, together we're going to rewrite what was on the first Luchas. But this time Hashem tells Moshe, I don't want anybody to be near the mountain. Not like the first time where the Eden surrounded it and there was, you know, the Koinim were here and there's Kainim and I... No, this time I wanted to be Shash still. Right, nothing, exactly nothing. Rashi says, because Hashem didn't want an eye in horror to affect it, so it had to be silent. They actually weren't Kainim. Those were, at that point, they were the... Uh, <laughs> Had they been Kayanim, they would have been all right. So, so you have again the idea of Ayin Hara. And it's actually, it's crazy to think on the Abish's own Luchas and Ayin Hara can have an effect. There was a great, great commentator, Torah commentator in Turkey, in Izmir, a, a generation before the Baal Shem Tif, a little older than the Baal Shem Tif, Elio Hakoyan of Izmir. And he wrote fabulous, fabulous forum, the most interesting forum touching such interesting topics. Medrash Talpias, it's Mamash, you open it and you, you can't sleep for three days just reading and reading and reading. Medrash Talpias. Talpias is like a, a, a tower. He wrote that or? He wrote it, he wrote oh, it. Yeah, yeah, he wrote it. It's a collection, it's a collection of uh, many Kabbalistic ideas that he brings. Mamash, unbelievable stuff. He, had, he was a beautiful Baldarshan. I just mentioned the one of the shiurim yeah. that he Last once gave a drosha. People would come to his shul in Izmir, even that weren't from just for the drosha. Not for the davening, not for the kiddush, just for the drosha. And there was one fellow who once came in, and after the drosha he told Rebilio, Rabbi, I'm not going to tell you what I was going to do. But I will tell you that I ain't going to do it after I heard your speech. He actually writes about himself in one of his many svarim that if there's one thing he was successful in, it was persuading people not to take their own lives. Yeah. 
He said his drushes had a, either to his drushes or one on one. He says he had, wow. he saved many. Yeah, suicide. yeah, suicide. The interesting, uh, in, yeah. Anyhow, he has a sefer called the uh, Agodas Elio, where he asks this kasha. He asks this kasha, how could an Ayn Hora affect the Abish's own luchas? Like, how? He has a big problem with it. It's taka very hard to understand. And I'm not going to give an answer. I'm just saying he has a big kasha on that. How does, like, it boggles the mind. What, is it, what does it even mean that on the luchas the Abish the made, an Ayn Hora? So, some Samakubalim Taina. It was the Yidin sin. It was the Yidin sin. The Yidin, when the Yidin sin, we corrupt the luchas were for us. When we sinned, we corrupted ourselves, we corrupted the luchas. It was because of the Yidin that an iron horror was able to affect the luchas. It's because of our sin. That's what Reb Chaim Falaji wants to say. Chaim Falaji, one of the great Sfardisha Gedolim, 100, 150 years ago. But you have to figure out how, how, how it works. But that's what he says, because the Yidin sin and the luchas were for us, so we kind of drag, we drag down the luchas through our averis. We dragged it down to the point that, you know, any negativity can destroy the luchas. Frighten anything. Al-Kaponim, so you have Ayin Har twice in this week's parsha. Throughout Chumash you have it much earlier. Rashi is a big believer in Ayin Hara. He throws it in all the time. We have it when Yosef's brothers come to Mitzrayim, they all enter through separate gates. Right? And that's why Yosef was able to say, you guys are miraglim. Right. You're spying out. They came in, one guy, and every single one, they come together. So Rashi says, why, Taka, did they separate? Yankov told them, if you're going to enter together, strong, young, healthy fellows in one gate, people will look at you, they'll cast an evil eye, an eye and heart, and you can be hurt. So Rashi throws it in right over there. He throws it in even earlier. One. There it sounds more practical because they were strong. But right, right. But they're actually. Right, yeah, I That's why Yankov, it ended up working against him. Yosef yeah. used that as his, uh, that was his uh, ammunition okay. with which to but charge them. Oh, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure, sure, we're going to get there. And earlier in Chumash, Sarah twice used an iron horror to harm yeah. Hogger. Once in Lech Lecha, once in Vayera. In Lech Lecha, Sar and Avram don't have kids for years. So Sarah's maidservant, Hagar, an Egyptian princess, she marries Avram. She conceives a baby, and then she feels like she's running the show, she's running the house, you know, and she disrespects Sarah. Sarah sends her flying. Big mistake. And uh, Rashi says that the, the fetus that was in the stomach, she miscarried, Hagar miscarried. How? Through Sarah's eye in horror, pushed through her piercing eye, killed the baby. So too in Vayera, Yishmol's already born, he's getting older, he's harassing, fighting nonstop with Yitzchak. So the whole battle, Sarah tells Avram, we've got to get rid of them, Avram doesn't want, and the Abish has to intervene. He tells Avram, listen, you've got to listen to your wife. So whatever Sarah says, you've got to listen. And Avram had to send them out. And Hogger had to carry Yishmol on her shoulders. And Rashi says, Yishmol was the, the day before was running around town. Now he can't move. Says Rashi, Sarah put an iron horror into Yishmol and he was about to die. That's how powerful the iron horror is. He can kill somebody. He can kill someone. Yeah. So you see, Rashi, it's full over Chumash. <coughs> Rashi is a big believer that iron horror, Mamish, has the power to, to destroy. And we're going to see more about this. Okay. 
But you see, it comes up twice in our parsha. We're going to see a little bit about the Rambam's opinion, and we're going to we're going to deal with a, a big kasha on the opinion of Rabbi Yosef Kaira, and we'll see a fascinating answer. All in the next uh, in the next sixty minutes, we begin. Number one is Rabbeinu Bachaya. It's not in this week's parsha. It's in Parshas Vayetze. Yankiv has his business deal with his shver. Yankiv tells his shver that uh, I'll work for you. You know what sheep I'm going to take? Only the ones that have funny spots, like all the details that are there. Lovan thinks this is, uh, this is incredible. If Yank is willing, willing to do that, for sure. And as fortune has it, Eibishta had it, all of Yankov's entire flock gave birth to spotted sheep, and Yankov uh, made a lot of money. Very unexpected. So Ben Bachaya wants to know, Yankov had a dream where he's in Parshish Vayetze, where he sees Malachim helping him, that his animals, his sheep, should give birth to spotted sheep. But for Yankov, that wasn't enough. He would get his sheep, the female sheep, when they would drink water by the, the, the basin of water, he would have them face sticks that Yankov ever so carefully um, designed and etched out, and they would see the spots in order that when the male sheep would uh, cohabit with them, you know, this image that the female sheep had would affect the kids, would affect the kids. So Ben Rechai wants to know, Yankov had a dream, he saw Malachim helping him that all of the sheep would give birth to spotted sheep. So why did he have to do the tricks with the sticks as well? The source for the, for the uh, sticks is Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar. What? The source for the sticks is Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar. What do you mean the source for the Maybe sticks? Like the, the whole story that uh, he put the... No, 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 it's in Vayetze, it's in the Psukim. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar wants to know, why did he need to do that? In the Psukim, he also has a dream where he sees Malachim helping him. So let the Malachim do the job. So he says, Ha'echad number one. Says Rabbeinu Bechai. Lahalim hanes. Yankiv did this whole spill with the sticks in order it shouldn't be apparent to be a huge miracle. If all of his sheep only gave birth to spotted children, that's mamish, that, that's, that's not natural at all. So to uh, cover over, to conceal the miracle. Kadei shaloi tishloit by ayin horror. Why? Says Rabbeinu Bechai. Because otherwise, if people hear about this thing, you know, oh, people are going to talk about it, and people will be jealous, and it's going to, through a, a negative eye, could hurt the whole, could hurt the whole deal. Now, says Rabbeinu let me tell you a little bit about Ayin Hara. The Chayn Timsa Sha'amra Elisha Legeichazi, a well-known story in the Sefer Malachim. Elisha gave a bracha to a certain woman to have a child, the Shunamis, she has a child. The child, a couple years old, headaches, passes away. The mother runs to Elisha and says, I didn't ask for this kid. You gave him to me as a brocha, and now he passed away. Elisha tells Gechazi, V'kach mishanti, take my stick biyodcha, v'leichen go. If you find anyone, don't say hello. If someone says hello to you, don't respond. Take my stick to the face of the kid. Now, why did Elisha want that to happen? Says Elisha didn't want Gechazi to speak to people and say, oh, you have a stick that you're going to bring a kid back to life. Oh, oh. And then people will give an iron hoda and will destroy the whole mission. He shouldn't speak with people. He should not reveal his mission. The purpose was an iron hoda shouldn't be cast. So therefore, 
Elisha was swearing Gehazi to secrecy. Therefore, don't, don't nod, don't turn left or right, don't speak to nobody. But the Gehazi loy nishma, he wasn't careful. Kashet tzivo. The gila hadover. He says, the psukim, the psukim there say, Gehazi went, he put the stick on the kid and nothing happened. It's very strange. When Elisha was Elisha, why did Elisha's uh, promise, why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? So I'll tell you why. Gehazi spoke to people. You know what I have in my hand? You know what I'm about to, about to bring a kid back to life? The shoulder was iron hotter. And that's why it says, Loi hey kids, the kid didn't awake. Had a different story than the dog. We had another story that on the way, Gehazi found a dead dog and he wanted to see if the stick actually works. And he put it and it used, exactly. And he brought a dead dog back to life. And therefore, when he went there to bring the kid back to life, the stick had already lost its power. And then we spoke about a Gehazi had to have a Gilgul in the body of a dog. Said Rabbi Nebuchai, that wasn't the word. It was Pashat Gehazi spoke to someone, and someone was like, oh, you have a miraculous stick? And with envy, jealousy, or this or that, boom, the whole miracle disappeared. The Al Titma, don't wonder, Boze, in Koyach Ayin Hora, Godel Kolkach, Shushoyla Tafilu Bidvorm Shanes Mispashat Behem. Is Ayin Hora so powerful that it can affect even something which is miraculous? In other words, you'd think maybe something which is holy and a miracle, the work of God, maybe a eye and a heart can't affect. He says, no, it could. This is fascinating. Leah has three kids from the Shvatim. Reuven, Shimon, Le sorry, four kids, Yehuda. Leah knows Yankov has four wives. Yankov has four wives. Leah, Rachel, Bill, and Zilpa. Only 12 boys are going to be born. That's three each. She has a fourth, and she says, Thank you, Abishta, for giving me more than I deserve. By her saying that, she aroused envy. Oh, all of a sudden, whether it was the people around her, or like we said, the forces of impurity, oh, you're publicizing that you got more than you deserve. You know what the Pasuk says right after that? Vatam made me let us, no more kids. That's the Pshat. Sha'am she said, one word of lay. She said, I thank God. What was she doing? She was thanking the Abishta. Beben Revi on the fourth kid. Al Shehikida on the fact that she realized that she took more than her portion. Shalat Ba Ayin Hara. And Ayin Hara affected her that she couldn't conceive. Hushakas of Miyad. That's why it says right away, Vatamid Miladis. Look at the next on the left hand side. More than that. There was never a greater miracle that was the hands of the Abishta more than Matan Torah. A negative eye affected it. The Chain Amru Razal and Taka the the Razal say somewhere. Rashi quotes this as well. We said before. Why were the first luchas broken? It doesn't mention because we worship the golden cat. The Fishanitnu Bapumbi was given with uh, uh, Austin, it was ostentatious. Sholto Be'en Hayin Hora, there was a Hayin Hora, had an effect, Vinishtabru. Therefore, the Luchashniyas, which were given Bitsina quietly, Shanemar, Ve'ish, Loyale Imach, Moshe's told in this week's parish, no one should ascend with you. Vigam Ish, no one should appear in the entire mountain. Loy Sholto Be'en Hayin Hora. And he finishes off his paragraph by saying, that's why Yankiv wanted to do this thing with the sticks. If he would just leave it be and word would spread that all of his flock is giving birth to spotted animals perfectly uh, for, you know, for his side of the deal, which he arranged to get those spotted animals, it would cause, to, people would talk about it, people would schmooze about it, 
an iron horror would be cast upon him and the whole thing would be farfal and would be lost. Where's this, uh, this, like the idea of, where's the problem with that? Where's the concept of iron horror come back? So people talk about it, that's a bad thing? We're going to see, we're gonna, let's see a little bit more. We're going to see, according to many, iron horror is literally physical destruction. A person has a poison in their eye. So we'll talk about just a moment. We'll talk about a moment. Okay. Shabena Bechaya sticks it into the story of Elisha and Gehazi, the story of Leah, the Luchas, and the story of Yankov and the sheep. Fine. Look at number two for a moment. Actually, in fact, not number two. Go to number three. Number three, the Maharal. It's a Maharal in Chumash. The story when Sarah is telling Avraham to throw Hagar and her kid Yishmol out of the house. Vachaz Techama, number three. Sarah cast an eye in horror on Yishmol and he was caught up by fever. Right, we mentioned that before, an iron hoda. Fine. There's a well-known kasha. Vahad amrinan, beperek hapoyalim. The Gemara says in Bob Metziah, ad yankiv loy havachulsha. Till yankiv no one ever got ill. The Gemara says in Bob Metziah a few fascinating statements. And daf and One of them is until Avram, no one ever got old. While Avram was alive, his son Yitzchak looked just like him. And the Gemara says people were talking to Yitzchak, thinking it was Avram, to Avram thinking it was Yitzchak. Avram told Eibishter, Eibishter, this is a... can say that He said, Eibishter, that as somebody ages, their appearance needs to change. So Hashem said, great, we'll start with you. And that's why it says, Avram zokein Bob Ayomim. It's a Chiddush. Avram was the first one that uh, not only was on in years, but Zokin, he became old. That's one statement. The Gemara continues until Yankiv, loy havachulsha. Nobody became weak. Nobody was ill until the days of Yankiv. Nobody was ever ill. When somebody would die, they would sneeze. And it says in the Medrash Pirkei Drabelezer, just like when the Eibushter created Adam, he blew the neshama into his nostrils. So too, a person would be walking in the marketplace. The Medrash says in Pirkei Drabelezer, and boom, he would just sneeze. It doesn't mean whenever someone sneezed, they would die. It means is when they would die, it would come through a sneeze. <laughs> That's where the, min, the minig to say bless you. So to even by the goyim, it's from this, uh, it's from this tradition. It's from this magic that people would die. Just like it came in through the nose, it would leave through the nose. Probably still leaves through the nose if you're able to see when the, the right. soul leaves. Soul leaving. Right. As they try and depict him. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, so Yankiv says, Eibishter, no one, if you start walking in the street and then boom, God takes you away, so no one can ever prepare for after their death. No one could ever give a will to their kids. No one could ever give their last will and testament, instruct their kids. There was no such thing as going, you know, surrounding the bed and hearing the last words because everyone, whenever someone would die, it was completely a surprise. So Yang's Abish, he can't do that. Before a person dies, they need, there needs to be some forewarning so a person can get all of his affairs in order. So Hashem said, Yankiv, we're going to start with you. That's why it says in Pashas Vayechi, 
Yosef was told, Hine, behold, Avicha Choyle, your father is sick. Hine means, it's a behold, what does behold mean? It means nothing. Surprise, it means surprise. Hine, behold, something. Avicha, your father's sick? Father's sick. So that the Gemara says, until Yankiv, no one was ever ill. Yankiv came, he asked Abishta, what? It wasn't sickness, it was just. Tatichen uh, oh. of Merais, just couldn't see. It was the Kataris of all their Avedazar. Okay. So it's we'll the see. Well, oh, so let's. Oh, good, you're ready, jump. Good. The simple reading of the Gemara is Yankov told Abishta, no one ever gets ill before they die. So Hashem says, you know what, you're going to be the first one. And Yankov got ill, and he was taka, he brought, called his kids to come around his bed, oh. and he gave them all the brachas, and exactly what Yankov had wished for, Hashem said, you know what? If that's what you would like, I'll give it to you. And then the Gemara says a third thing. No one ever became ill and was healed until Elisha, which was hundreds and hundreds of years after Yankiv. Meaning after Yankiv, if somebody became ill, that would, they would die from that. But for someone to be seriously ill and to recover, not until Elisha. And the Elisha you're talking about already well into the first base Amikdash. Many, many years after Yankiv. Fine. That's what the Gemara says. So the Maral quotes Akasha, if until Yankiv no one ever got sick, so how did Sora cast an iron horror into Yishmo? To the point, to the point that Yishmo became you know, a piece of jelly and his mother Hogger had to carry it. So correct the Maral, the Hodder, I mean, we say in Perkapoelim, Ad Yankiv till Yankiv, no one was ill. If nobody was ever ill till Yankiv, so how did Sora do this to Yishmol? I thought no one ever got sick. The Tirits are aimed, so the Mizrahi says, Rebeliyo Mizrahi was a big rov in Turkey 500 years ago. Hainu, he says, The Gemara is talking about the hands of heaven. But if, if Reuven would, if, if somebody would punch you and, you know, you can get injured. That was always that from day one, like, Yank, like when Cain killed Hevel. The Hainu Ayin Hora says the Mizrahi, Ayin Hora is not in the hands of heaven. If Reuven casts an Ayin Hora and damages Shimon, it's like Reuven punching Shimon. Ayin Hora is like a Choyli which comes from man to man. It was even before Yankiv. The Ayin Horu Kilo Hika Oiser says the Mizrahi. Ayin Horu is mamish like hitting someone with a sword. There's a poison that a person has in their eye that they're able literally to cast upon somebody or someone's property. Wow. It's a natural phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, mamish. Exactly. We're going to see about that. And you mam Usually, hezekri is when you look at someone, you invade their privacy. So you damage them because you take away their privacy. Here, you could damage someone with your eyes. Literally with your eyes. The truth is, the Michtav Me'eliyohu, um, Reb Dessler, was one of the big, big, hundred years, one of the big, big Litvisha thinkers. He believes the way Ayin Horror works is, you know, if Shimon flaunts some, you know, gifts that God gave him, his looks, his strength, whatever it might be, he flaunts them, and, you know, Yankul is, is jealous. So says the Michtav Me'eliyohu, when the Abisha gives Shimon the brachas, he doesn't want it to come at the expense of somebody else being jealous, being envious, feeling down, feeling hurt. The gifts God gives you should not be a source of uh, 
grief to somebody else. And if they are, then the Abishtu will rejuggle and redecide if you're worthy for it. So says the Mikhtar Yaliyo that it's, a, it's really Ben Adam. If, if someone else is jealous, it doesn't go directly between him and you. It goes back to heaven, and heaven they redecide if you really deserve those gifts, if flaunting them causes other people grief. It still is up to the what? Yeah, yeah, he learns it between the Abishter. Yeah, yeah, it's different, it's different. I'm saying the Mizrahi, he says clearly, it's Ki'ilu Hikaisa Becher, black and white. Says the Mizrahi, the ain't Sovik, there's no question, that a sword would cause somebody a wound, no question. Now, I want you to know the Maharal agrees to this, not here, but the Maharal agrees to this. In a number of his Tzvodim, he has a Sefer in the Sivas Olam. The Maharal writes, Mamash, the same thing as the Mizrahi, that iron horror doesn't go through the Ebishter. It's direct. It's direct. If you're jealous of somebody and you're envious, your eye and your thought can literally destroy. Literally destroy. But the Maharal point here disagrees with the Mizrahi. He says, He doesn't like the Pshat of the Mizrahi. Most illnesses come through Ayin Hora. Most of them come through Ayin Hora. Like it's brought in Bob Metzir. On the Heiser Hashem Mimcho Kol Choyli. God will remove all illnesses. Zu Ayin Hora. It refers to Ayin Hora. Like it says there. Look at number four. We have the Gemara. Look at number four right next to it. It's a Bob Metzir. Daf Kuf Zayin. The Heiser Hashem. God will remove Mimcho from you also. All illness. Omar Rav said, Rav Zu'ayin. It's talking about a negative eye. When the Pasuk says, Hashem will remove from you all illness, it refers to an eye in Hoda. That's the source of everything. Says the Gemara, Rav Latame, Rav goes according to his opinion. The Rav, because Rav saw like he once went to Bekivri to the cemetery. Ovad my Ovad, he did what he did. He communed, he communed with the dead. Rashi there says that Rav knew a certain incantation to say on a caver and he could find out how the person died. So, you know, for investigations, that would be very helpful. He could just, you know, just... He doesn't need the body for the all. He just, you know, bury the guy. So, you know, I'll speak to him after he's buried. You know? What? Okay, we had a shear about that as well. We had a long shear about that once on a Sunday. Yeah. No, that was one. That was about Kobe. We had two. We had one about. We had a. Tisha Ninety-nine percent. Omar, so Rav said after speaking to the dead. By the way, the Oruch, um, Reb Nossin of Rome, who was even older than Rashi, he says Rav did this in a dream. It was a shyless chalam. He asked a shyland in a dream, summoning angel that they should reveal to him in a dream why these people died. But Rashi learns he actually went to the graves. He knew a specific lachas, a specific incantation, through which he could find out from the dead. The simple reason why it's not Deir Shalamesim is because when you speak to the soul, Deir Shalamesim is when you're looking for the body. If you speak to the soul, there's no Deir Shalamesim. That's what the Uraim says. Anyhow, says the Gemara, we're still in number four. Omar Sarav said, you know what I found out from speaking to the dead? Tishin, Vitisha, 99 out of 100, Ba'ayin Ra. They all died because of an iron order. The Echad, one guy, it's one guy died from natural causes. Shmuel Omar, he says, no. Shmuel says, when Hashem says, I'll remove from you all illnesses, it's the negative wind. 
Because Shmuel Tamei, Shmuel also Lishitosa. He's the Amr Shmuel Akol Baruch. Shmuel says anyone that dies, it's because of a negative wind. And the Gemara they already says, well, what if someone has open wounds? Shmuel says, nah. If not for negative winds, the wounds would all close. What's negative wind? Horuach. I don't know. Not my No, no. It's a physical wind. Air. No, it's, uh, that area, germs. Yeah, germs, air, I don't know. In other words, if you're living in space, if in there was fact, no... Uh, yeah, I don't virus. know, the atmosphere, like, space, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> Time A. No, in other words, a wound itself wouldn't kill you. It's the air, whatever's in the air that uh, contaminates it, infects it. You know, if there's nothing, if no air, there's no infections. Whatever it might mean, that shit is small. Shmuel was a doctor as well, and an astronomer. But Rav said it's all Ayin Hara. So going back to the Maharal, the Maharal's kasha on the Mizrahi is... Who's the halacha like between Rav and Shmuel? This is, this is no, a... General. Generally it depends. By monetary laws we pass them like Shmuel, and by Isra Veheter, if things are permissible or prohibited, we go, go like Rav. So here's the thing. So the Mizrahi said, the Gemara says until Yankiv no one got ill, that means in the hand of heaven. But of course you could punch someone and hurt them. And an iron horror works exactly the same way. And that's how Sora did to Mishmo what she did. So Frek de Maral, according to Rav, that everything comes from iron horror. So then before, there's no difference of before Yankiv and after Yankiv. If you, the Mizrahi, are right, that before Yankiv there was iron horror, and Rav says that 99% of illnesses comes from iron horror, so then before Yankiv you had, you had, not, you had everything anyhow. So what's going on? So the Maral therefore learns different. The Maral says like this. He, in essence, he, he agrees to the Mizrahi in essence that I and her is Mamish Reuven harming Shimon. He writes that with others for him. The two of them, I don't know why, the, the, I said Rebbe Leo Dessler, the Litvish um, philosopher, believes it all goes through heaven, like we said. But the Mizrahi and Maral, both of them write very clear, it's mamish like Reuven punching Shimon, Reuven taking a sword and stabbing Shimon. But as far as this question, Maral what says like this. What do you mean when you say Reuven? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, trying to rope you into the discussion. No, I know. If you know, Shimon is always the victim. Shimon is always the victim. Reuven is the perpetrator. Reuven always ends up okay. It's Shimon. It's Shimon that gets to, that gets getting cut up. The Maral says, Vani Omer, I say. Moral says, in this discussion, I'll tell you, sickness from heaven, sickness from man, it's all the same. And they both existed before Yankiv. But he says, you know what the Gemara meant? No one became weak. There was pain without weakness. That's what he says. There's no difference. Before Yankiv and after Yankiv, there was illness from Reuven hurting Shimon. There was illness from Ayin Hara, and there was illness stamped from God. But before Yankov, like, no one became weak, just pain. To be sick like it is today, Cholash, to be weak. That, there was no weakness. Only the pain would hurt. You couldn't walk because of because of the headaches, the pain in your head. But not weak. Not weak. In other words, someone who suffers from headaches could be two reasons why they're stuck in bed. 
One is because the headaches posture makes them weak. The other one is it's just a pain alone. Says Maral, before Yankee was Chamimus, it was just a pain. Anyway, and the, the pain throughout the body. The inner parts of his body were not in harmony and he would have pain. The nefesh b'shleimus, and therefore, you know, he wasn't uh, functioning properly. That always existed. But she to be weak, the hainu cholosh machmas chel yiposhet, you know, that, that, didn't, that wasn't there. That's not fascinating. So the Maharal and the Mizrahi are arguing about what was the difference before Yankiv and after Yankiv. The Mizrahi says before Yankiv, nobody would ever be naturally unwell. If somebody hurt you, yeah. Or Ayin Har as well, which is equal to that. The Maharal says, I agree to you that Ayin Har is mamish like uh, Levi hurting Shimon. Mamish like Yankiv hurting Beryl. But I believe before Madan Torah, you could get naturally sick as well. Just not weakness, only pain. Fine. But him, that part of the Maharal is not important for our discussion. What's important is that Be'ikr, the Vart of the Mizrahi, that Ayin Hor is mamish, like stabbing someone, the Maharal writes in a number of his form. In the Sivas Oilam, he writes it. And he writes in his commentary on Gomorrah as well. Just like the Mizrahi, it's mamish like a sword. Mamish like a sword. Fine. I will tell you, though, that uh, there is a Tosfus in Baba Basra. I didn't get it on the sheet. The Tosfus in Baba Basra. I looked through the whole yeshiva. I couldn't find the Baba Basra. <laughs> I have to, have to start reading Gemara from home, too. Like nothing. Baba Basra, it's one of the regular. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Tosfus asks, the Gemara in Baba Basra says, we sit in the alchemy shield. Avram used to walk around with a rock hanging from his necklace. And anyone that was ill would look at it, and miyad misrap would be healed right away. Right. To me, this is the bigger. This is this wow. is a, this is the philosopher's stone. Anyhow, I know you didn't buy it, but it, you know I'm still convinced. It fits to all the descriptions. That's what the Gemara says. Avram had a rock around his ne- his neck. Whoever was ill would look at it and would be healed. So Tosis says, Avram, Avram lives before Yankiv. I thought before Yankiv, no one's sick. So Tosus gives two answers, but one answer is he gives the same thing as the Mizrahi. Tosus says, before, yeah, it's talking of people that were hurt. You know, Reuben stabbed Shimon, so Shimon has a wound. Second one. So he gives the same answer as the Mizrahi that a Reuben could hurt, Yankov could hurt Shimon. Yeah, that always existed. That always existed. From heaven, that didn't happen until Yankov. The other answer he quotes from Rabbeinu Tam and his nephew, the reader, both of them said, People always got sick, not deathly sick. No one ever got deathly sick before they died. People were sick. So Yankiv's Tanat Hashem was, death is still spontaneous, because no one ever gets deathly ill before they die. The Chiddush of Yankiv was an illness that leads into passing away. But Stam illness there was, and that's, well, that's the other answer Tosfus says. Fine. Al Kaponim, though. People got sick, but knew they had to get out of it. So by uh, if you got sick, you know, you, according to that, you, you knew you were going to come. Alive. You knew you were going to come out alive. Uh, can't, <laughs> can't die, die from sickness. Can't die. I'm going to walk There was a guy in the Holocaust. There was a Yid in the Holocaust who beforehand, I think one time he, had, he, he wasn't wearing tzitzis properly or something. He was, uh, it looked like he was degrading the midst of tzitzis. And his Rebbe told him, you're going to die wearing your tzitzis. Never worked as a Mamish a curse, Mamish a curse. 
during the Holocaust, he could never wear, the, they wouldn't let you wear tzitzis. He knew he was not going to die. <laughs> so he would run into the kitchen. He did crazy to save people's life. He was invincible. Because wow. his Rebbe cursed him, you're going to die wearing tzitzis. So without tzitzis, he was uh, invincible. Yeah, he wrote all, lots of stories. The the yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yeah. Munna. Not the curse. That's the word of the curse of even a curse of a Rebbe is a bracha. The, we know Chazal say better the curses of Moshe than the blessings of Bilam, because the blessings of Bilam ultimately turned into curses. But you see from this story, when a tzaddik curses you, it's a bracha. I said the story of the what time is it. 9.35. I'll throw in the story, and if I regret it, I'll regret it. But uh, <laughs> this is also, this happened a little bit before the Holocaust. This happened, uh, oh, let's say, about the year 1900, that the Avnei Nezer, the great Avremele of Sochachov, a big god, and a chassidah And he had a chassid who was married a number of years, no kids. And he would always ask his Rebbe, never got an answer. It was one Simchas Torah. He sees that Avnei Nezer is uh, mamish, joy, joyous spirits. So he runs over. He says, Rebbe, please, a bracha for a kid. The Avnei Nezer stops. He looks very serious and he says, You want a son, a galach? From then on, he never asked. Years pass. In 1910, the Avnei Nezer passes on. His son, the Shemesh Shmuel, is now Rebbe. It was Simcha's Torah, and everyone's dancing. But this chassid was a, it was a depressed soul, and he was just standing on the side. And the Shemesh Mul approaches him and says, I'm going to give you a bracha. Zog Amen! I give you a bracha. This time next year, you're going to have a boy. And the, the chassid, he said, Rebbe, your tata said the kid's going to be a galach. So the Shemesh Mul closed his eyes for a minute. And he opened them and he said, Von deswegen, nonetheless, I give you bracha, say amen. The guy, and the guy Taka had a boy. During the Holocaust, the, this entire town where the boy lived was wiped out except for him. He masqueraded as a galach. He walked around like a galach and the Germans didn't touch him. After the Holocaust, he threw off the thing and he was a frumid again. So the curse became true. He somewhat... But ultimately, it was uh, saved his life. So you see how the a curse of a tzaddik could become a bracha. Anyhow, so what we see so far is that I and her, according to many, is mamish, it's bein adam la'adam. The jealousy, it's not, it doesn't have to go through God. It's <coughs> posh, it's, a, it's, a posh, it's a force in nature. Now, join me in number two. Number two is a gemara in Bob Metziah, the same place as the, as the gemara in number four, it's on two sides of the same daf. Number two. Amalei Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda said, L'Rabin bar Rav Nachman. To Robin, the son of Rav Nachman. Robin, Achi. Robin, my brother. They weren't literally brothers, but they were good friends. Loi Siz ben Ara. Don't buy property. Dismicha near the big city. In other words, you're going to buy a field. And hopefully you'll grow things in that field. You don't want to have a field right by the entrance to the city. Then everyone who walks in, they go, oh, look what this guy has growing. You know, he's asking for trouble. The, uh, and what's the source? The Amr Abivo, Amr Abhuna, Amr Rav. Back to the Shitta of Rav. Rav says, and this is a very important halacha, 
Adam. It's forbidden for a person to stand next to his friend's field. When your friend's storks are at their, uh, it's the season, things are growing, you're not allowed to look. And Rav's halacha is if your friend, your neighbor, has, you know, has uh, the fruits are growing, the crops are, are, are coming in, you have no right, it's also to stand and watch. Why? Look at Rashi, right? And also, Adam, you shouldn't destroy it. It's a Rashi in Gemara. So it's not just in Chumash, it's a halacha. The Gemara says, Asur. And Rashi says, you know why? You'll destroy it. Your eye in horror will push and destroy it. Literally. Literally will destroy it. It applies to everything, not specifically this other... Everything. 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 So if you walk into your friend's business and, and business is booming, you could be going to get out. If you feel you better get out. Yeah, Mamish, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Everything needs to be discreet. Bayidin Alts needs to be discreet. Even the luchas, even the original luchas, you know, it was too public. Boom, boom. Even God isn't. Uh, that was the shayla we said of the Yoakayin. That how could the Abish himself be so? So he said, Chaim Falad. He said it was our sin that corrupted the luchas. But you see, nothing's nothing safe in theory. You know. Oh, but this. So, oh, so what's Rav Yehuda telling his friend Rav Nachman? Rav was talking about a case. You you have a personal a prohibition to gaze at somebody's crops. Because you are going to destroy it through your iron horse. You shouldn't look, Bechla. But therefore, says Rav Yehuda, he tells uh, Ravin to don't buy a property right near town because not everybody's going to be careful about this prohibition, right? They're going to look and they will destroy it with their iron horse. Now, this, if you open up a, a Masech to Baba Basra, the beginning, beginning Baba Basra, speaks about two people living next to each other and one of them can force the other to build the wall and pay half of the wall and the mission and the Gemara discuss if it's two homes next to each other, two gardens, two fields and dalachas vary. The Gemara says over there pretty very clearly that you know, just like between two homes you could force each other to, to have a wall four armors tall you know, six and a half feet to make sure that your, your neighbor can't look in, right? And the Gemara says, so to buy gardens where it's just produce growing, right? And your, your friend isn't, you know, isn't sunbaking. It's, it's not, not that, it, right, right. You're not, your friend's not sunbaking there that he wants his privacy. It's a vegetable patch. That's, but he does, and the Gemara there says that one person can force the other one to build a wall, mashma for Amis, so the other person shouldn't look. And the Gemara in Barbasra quotes the Gemara we saw in number two, that Rav said, Reuven, sorry, Shimon is not allowed to look at Levi's field because Shimon, if he gets a tad of jealousy, he will cause destruction. And the Gemara in Barbasra therefore says, two neighbors, one can force the other to build the wall in between the two gardens in order the other one shouldn't cause any damage to his iron hoarder. <clears throat> but look in the Rambam in number five, here we have a big problem. What? <laughs> look at number five. You know, in the Medrash discusses how the, the, the Eden fell asleep by Matan Torah. They were lying on the floor. There was a, the guy said that 
there was a beautiful breeze, it was warm, it was outside. But look at number five. Number five, we come across a well-known Rambam. This is, this is where we get to the Rambam. The Rambam is in the laws of Shechenim, of neighbors, and is discussing those halachas from the beginning of Baba Basra. And the Rambam says, Number five, how tall does the wall have to be between two neighbors? If it's two homes, you can make a four, four amas wall, six and a half feet. The chain begins so to buy a garden. One can coerce the other to pay. To divide between the gardens, but only with the mechitza, which is ten tfachim tall. Ten tfachim is about 80 centimeters, about three feet. Yeah. What does it do? The idea of a ten tfachim mechitza does come from the Gemara. What it, what it helps is that if someone's stumbling into your garden, you can't say, oh, I just happened to stumble in. Now, if there's no fence at all, then someone could, oh, I was walking on the street, so I didn't realize I fell in, right? They're busy stamping, you know. But if, if there's a tent fachim, a three-feet gate around your property, then if anyone's inside, it means they're trespassing. A divider that, would it be enough? What? It's a divider. That is a tent no, fachim. I think in the Gemara there's discusses another thing called the divide. Uh, uh, there's what's a, a what's the word? Like a hitzi vehigi? No, like a, a divide, not a three foot wall. Something that's just like a like a rope, a thing that yeah that shows that it's like a, a difference. In well, let's see the ramble. Well, there's a masipus. I'm not sure what you're referring. To. But look, look but at the rivet on the side. Separate one garden to the your garden from his yeah, garden. The border. Right? Seeing. Yeah, you can still see. You can still, oh, so the Rambam is very strange. The Gemara, the Gemara clearly seems to say, for Amos, I look at the Ravid right on the side, says the Ravid, Amr Avram, Zeshibush, this is an error, Elokosel Arbamus, it's for Amos by a garden. The Gemara clearly says that a garden and a house are the same, and the Gemara says, because by a garden, your friend is, is prohibited to look at your stuff, like we saw in Gemara number a two. It's not a field. A gina is like you have a cabbage patch. No, 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 but the, the Gemara and Baba Basra says about a Gina. A Gina is vegetable. It's not, it's, it's, it's Hashem. The Koyimus, yeah, a field. That's the way it's described. Yeah, the yeah, yeah but where do you have the more expensive, uh, where do you have the mushroom, the, 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 what are the, the truffle, truffle mushrooms grown? It's, it's a garden of truffle. Produce, so you right. Take my it, oh, 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 oh. So, not for the, a, oh, oh, so that, that's the cash of the Ravid. The Rambam holds whenever you have vegetation, you can never force your friend to contribute to a four amas wall. The Gemara in Barabasra clearly says you can, and the Gemara quotes there what we saw in number two, because you can tell your neighbor, you're not allowed to look at my stuff because you're going to damage it. And then you could force your friend to build a four armor wall. That's the rivet's kasha on the Rambam. And everybody asks this. So look at number six. Hey, where does it ever say that you can tell your friend he's not allowed to? says the friend shouldn't, and then you shouldn't build your field. No, meal. so the Gemara Basra, Gemara Basra says, since your friend is not allowed to, therefore you could force him to contribute to the war. Look at number six. So the Rambam was attacked. The Rambam was attacked. Shuv, I'm sorry, it's small words. This is the Migdal Oiz. His name is Reb Shemtev, was his first name. His last name was not Shemtev, only his first name. No, 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 no. He's, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not the grandfather. He's not from, yeah, yeah, he's not from the... His, his last name was Goin. Reb Shemtiv Ben Avram Goin. His first name was Shemtiv. 
He was in the end of the 1200s. Oh, and the, the Rishonim. Anyhow, he says, Shuv Matzosia, I found the Chachme Lunil. The city called Lunil. Lunil, Lunel is in southeast France, Provence. And the Chachomim there were supporters of the Rambam for the most part. And the Chachom of Lunel asked the Rambam, and we read, Shohalu, they asked to the Rambam Zal. Vihishivam, and he answered, Vizelashon. So this is an answer the Rambam, let the Rambam wrote. The Sefer Kinyan, the Rambam refers to his Sefer called Sefer Kinyan. Nimtza Kosov boy is found there, Sheben Gil into one garden or another, Sagi, it's enough with Tentfachim. Ubitchilas Baba Bashra Mashma, the Yosef Shitalon beginner, that it's more posh, it's more obvious by a garden that Hezek, Reishmei Hezek, that the person watching could be damaging more than a, a, a backyard. The imca- and by a backyard, you can, when you, when you want to sunbathe, you can make your friend pay for a four arm, a, a six and a half foot wall so you can have privacy. So for sure, buy a garden where you have the guy could damage your crops through his jealousy. The imkani says, am I Lord Sarch? You're asking me, why don't I need four amas in the garden? This is the terms that the Chachomim of Lunel said. Teach us our teacher, our goin. We're thirsty for your tshuva. Like the aisle screams on the wall. No, this is the, the Chachmei Lunel are asking the Rambam. The, the Rambam is just quoting. He's actually asking the Rambam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sent a letter to the Rambam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is while the Rambam is alive. The Migdal Oiz, Reb Shem Tov, is quoting a letter that he found. He got hold of a letter. Maybe the, maybe the letter is being auctioned off as we speak. Yeah, that, <laughs> that the Chachmei Lunil asked the Rambam while the Rambam was alive in Egypt. They sent a letter from France to Egypt asking the Rambam, how do you paskin this way? L'chayr, it's against the Gemara. It's a tshuva, the Rambam, this is a well-known answer of the Rambam, where he says what he thinks about Ayin Hara. Zoi, he first... They wrote so respectful. First, he wipes the floor with him. The Rambam says, big people like you shouldn't be asking such questions. <laughs> Don't you see the difference between when someone invades your privacy? That's mamish damage. That your friend should look at you when you're standing and you're sitting and you're doing your private things. Versus Hezek that he sees your produce. Mishum Eino Bisha, because of a bad eye, Eilu Divrech Sidusheim. The Rambam says, not to look at somebody's produce while it's growing is not a halachic issue. It's just piety, it's not appropriate. The Rambam holds eye in horror, cannot do damage. The Rambam doesn't believe, the Rambam doesn't believe in eye in horror. What? He says it goes up to the No, the Rambam doesn't believe. No, that was the Micht of Melio explaining, according to those that say it works, how does it work? The Rambam says the whole thing's a myth. Or it's Divrech Siddhis, what? He's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. The Rambam is very, very, the Rambam says, Shaloi, Shaloi, what's Divrech Siddhis? It's not appropriate to look at someone's property with jealousy, what good's going to come out of it. Nothing good's going to come. It's not appropriate. But there's no halachic prohibition. You're not going to damage the guy's stuff. Give me a break. If you have something and someone's upset, he's not going to damage it. He's not going to damage it. When the Gemara said, the Gemara in Barabasha said what I quoted, that since Rav in number two says, 
that your friend's not allowed to look at your produce, therefore you could force him to build a wall. Nah, Shinui Ba'amu, who the Gemara just said it, it was part of the discussion there. It's not a liberty Hilchasa at all. And therefore you cannot force your friend to build a wall between the gardens. Because he can't damage. He can't damage. I, Rav, said it's Osir. The Rambam hold is not really Osir. When Rav said it's Osir to look, it's just, it's just, it's just what's appropriate. You shouldn't gaze at someone else. It's not appropriate because what good's going to come out of it? So therefore, if you're worried your friend's going to look at you with jealousy, or because he's going to act inappropriate, doesn't mean you can force him to pay for a war. That's the Rambam's opinion. And the Iker has a by a chotzer where people live, but by ganas, by gardens, ain't no for Amis, because ain't the only Fine. So the Rambam, this is where this is this is a halachic tshuva that the Rambam wrote his own handwriting to the Chachmilun who asked him what he says against the Gemara. Yeah. So the Rambam says the Gemara that wasn't the conclusion. In conclusion, when Rav said it's Osir to look, it just means Milsa de Chasidus because ultimately iron horror cannot really cause any damage. What's interesting is this, what we saw in number two, Rav's statement where he said it's Osir to look at somebody else's field. The Rambam doesn't quote that anywhere. He doesn't quote it anywhere. The Rambam never writes in any of his Svarim, it's Osir to stare at somebody else's thing with jealousy. I, Rav, said it's Osir. So why doesn't the Rambam codify it in Halacha? Well, you see here, he holds it was, Rav used the very harsh expression, it's forbidden. It never meant that. It's just Milsa de Chesidus. What a standing means. Standing means you hold yourself higher than somebody else. That's why you're not allowed to So, so a chassid coming to other guys' fields, like Baruch Hashem, the guy's doing well. Right, right, right. I mean, it's Hold so we're heading. That is a stay hecher. Anyhow, but I'm, I'm, we're, we're heading to something fascinating. First, go to the next page. Look at number seven. What the Vilna Gaon says about this Rambam. This is a famous statement to the Vilna Gaon in his commentary on Shulchan Aruch, and he says like this: The Rambam, number seven, vuhu the Rambam nimshich acher philosophia. The Rambam went too far after philosophy. The and Kosov, therefore the Rambam says, Shekshafim, the Rambam holds witchcraft, the Shemus, and using names of God, or, or, or names of, the Lachashim, and incantations, the Shadim, and demons, the Kameis, and amulets, Hakol Hushek, the Rambam holds it's all bogus. Astrology as well, the Rambam holds it's all false. Was he a big astronomer? Astrology, astrology. astrology. Astronomy is the physical move, movements of the heaven. The astrology is what, what, what it represents, what it means. The Rambam, the astrology is all Baba Mises. Says the Vilnagon, They already whacked the Rambam on his skull. Shari Matsina, we find so many stories in Gemara. This is a, sto- this is a story when we did the Kabbalah Mises. When the, when the witch tried to... to Stationized uh, the boat, and then the Amoroim said yeah, something yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the contradiction in Rashi if they yeah. said a name of God or a name of black magic. <laughs> look at the exactly, exactly the look at the next line. <laughs> the Torah says, <laughs> The magicians of Paray turned their staffs into, into snakes. But that's black magic. The Rambam, the Rambam, though, holds all black magic. No, the Rambam holds all. Yeah, for sure. If the Rambam says that shamans don't work, you can be certain that uh, black magic doesn't work. That, the Rambam famously says, why did Hashem say don't do black magic? Because it's foolish. <laughs> the, the Rambam argues and says, no, 
the Ebishter gave Koyach to Tuma to, to break the rules of nature, and it works, and I, that's why Hashem said, Even don't Navi. do it, because we should rely on him. Even Navi, exactly. Exa- Hashem wow. gave us Navim instead of... No, but you have in Navi, like, oh. where Shulk, where... We had a long shir about the story of Shaul, three opinions. Shmuel Bar-Yeh and many hold that that was all bogus. But big Rishonim holds. Anyhow, says the Vilnagon, look in Zoyer, v'chein kameyim b'har b'mekoymus. The Gemara and Shabbos speaks a lot about kameyus, v'lachoshim and incantations. Rabbim l'sap, I can't even count, says the Vilnagon, how many times Chazal speak about it. So why did the Rambam deny all of it? V'halosofia hitosai. The Rambam went too far into philosophy. It's funny, the Ramban was accused by his students for going too far into Kabbalah. The Ramban, we also spoke a whole shit about the Ramban once. When he was younger, he had issues with Kabbalah, but then he went, he dived all the way in, and his own students said he went way too far. Well, says the Vilna Gon, the Rambam went way too far in philosophy. He learned so much of it that it, uh, it persuaded him to take all of these statements of Gemara and say the Gemara, you know, never the Gemara never meant it. Da, 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 da. What is Halotzi? What? Halotzi. Halot. Halotzi like uh, the Gemara is being poetic. Poetic. Uh-huh. The Gemara, it's Mishalim, the lacquer oisam mipshatan to uproot them from the simple meaning. The Chas Vashom says to Vilnagon, any mam in Bem, I don't believe in the words of the philosophy. The loy mayhem, not from them, the Hamoinam, from those that, 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 you know, from the multitudes of philosophers. Elakol hadvarm hem kapshatan, all of the words of the Gemara is literal. Elosh yesh ben primius, but Zichu, the Gemara also has depth of meaning, there's Kabbalistic meanings, but it's also literal. He says, I don't mean the primus of the Bale philosophia. Shaheim Chitsanius. The philosophers think that they know what the Gemara really meant. They think the Gemara spoke about magic. That was a muscle for something very philosophical. Says of Vilnagon, as primus as they think their Pshat is, that's still Chitsanius. Hmm. What I mean is Kabbalah, El Shal Bale, Yemus, that's Kabbalah. Can we learn that the Gura have made a go? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Well, right. Yeah. So that's safe for Yitzira, right? Right. No meaning. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a shetasa. Yeah. yeah. He started. He said, he started, but then he saw an image that he realized he had to stop. Now, so the, I want, I want to tell you though, I want to tell you though that for a long time ago, there was a guy who wrote, there was a guy Tzvi Hersh Katznelenbeigen. I don't know, 150 years ago or so, where he said that he knows for sure the Vilna Gaon never wrote this against the Rambam. This is very degrading for the Rambam. Why do you say he could, it sounds like a... Yeah, to say that the philosophy, Hitosai, veered the Rambam away from the truth. It's a very, how do you write such a thing? Right. So, so there was... That was yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, 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 it's true, oh, it's true, it's true. No, 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 the, no, the Zayda, no, there were plenty. Hello, the, in, the, in the times of the Rambam, yeah. they burnt Murnavuchim. Yeah, they, they got burnt the times. But by the, the, the times of the Vulnagan, so, so this Katzenelbergen felt it doesn't surpassnisht. He believes somebody else wrote it. Those that printed the Vulnagan's commentary, they, uh, they stuck it. this in. So the funny thing is that at that time, there was, a very, there was a wealthy guy who had a huge collection of manuscripts, a Litvishefella, don't remember his name, 
but he had the manuscripts of the Vilna Gond commentary Shulchan. The Vilna Gond has many svarim that he never wrote, written by his Talmidim. But one thing he wrote is his commentary on Shulchan Aruch. And there was a wealthy Litvishe guy who had, <coughs> 200 years ago, had the original manuscripts. So some Rabbonim went to his house to let, let's go find out. Is this paragraph there or is not there? And they went through all of it and they found the simon and they found the Vilna Gond's own handwriting and it's there. Wow. Ah. It there, he wrote it, he wrote it. So this was after he wrote Rabbi it. said this, he, the wrong Yeah, way. well, Katzenelenbogen said he's sure it wasn't, but then these rabbis said, what after do you mean? We saw, at some point they saw it and they testified that okay. they saw it. Anyhow, Al-Kapodim, this is the Rambam's take. The Rambam and Ayin Hor as well feels there's nothing, there's nothing real authentic to it. He this can't them. Uh, so what's our Shaila? Hold on, hold on. Hold, my time is short, so I want to... Similar to that, if you don't believe in it, it's not if you look in Rabbi Yosef Kaira's Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Kaira has a simon where he speaks about the prohibitions of damaging. We actually quoted from that simon when we gave a shir and shul the other day about falling through the wind and damaging someone's property by mistake, by accident, different levels of accidents. In that very simon, Rabbi Yosef Kaira quotes the Gemara from number two, and Rabbi Yosef Kaira says, it's also to look at somebody else's things while they're growing. He writes Usr. He Usr. Not like the Rambam. The Rambam never quotes that statement in his entire Sefer. Because the Rambam in his Tshuva, we saw in number six, says it was, Rav never meant it. Rabbi Yosef Kaira, following the tour before him, quotes that there is a prohibition. And it's not on the paper. You have to just believe me. He quotes <laughs> it's a prohibition. I didn't have time to get it on. It's a prohibition. He quotes the words of Rav in number two, the way they are. Usr, without mincing any words. And that means it's Usr. Well, he quotes this statement. Now, you would think if he quotes the statement that he holds his osir, so how big does the wall have to be between the gardens? Four amps. Four amps. But if you look in the simon where he speaks about, ten he four. says only ten fachim. He says some say four amas, which is derived, but the first opinion, which is the main opinion, ten fachim, the Rambam. Okay. Uh, he just quoted <laughs> the the Rambam, the Tshuva, says, you know why he holds ten fachim? Because he doesn't believe that the Isra of number two is serious. But if Yosef Kaira quotes the Isra, okay. it's mamish Asr to look. And the reason is because you could damage. If you hold it's really Asr, it's because you could damage. So then you could force four, four, four Amas. So this is a big kasha. So the answer, the answer is like this. You've got to look at number eight and number nine, two Gemars. we learn this together. And this is really the climax of... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> the climax of our discussion. Number eight. Rabbi Yochanan have a rogel. Rabbi Yochanan was accustomed to have a ka'az of the Yosef Ashari Tfilah. Rabbi Yochanan would sit by the women's mikveh. Omar, he said, when the girls come out, when they come out of the mikveh, they gaze at me. And then at night, when they're with their husbands, they'll still ha have a memory of me. And that will affect the way the kids come out. The Nevel who Zara, they'll have kids, the Shapiri Kavasi that are beautiful like me. Rabbi Yochanan, 
Rabbi Yochan had an interest. Rabbi Yochan, the Gemara says, was huge. That was huge. He had no beard. He had extremely long eye, eyebrows. That's why he couldn't see anything by the mikveh. And his, uh, his skin was, was uh, glow, glow in, uh, glowed in the dark, the Gemara says in the beginning of Brachas. So he, uh, and he looked like a woman. That, like Beish Lakush originally thought he was a woman. He ran after him thinking he was a woman. Jumped over the whole <laughs> so Rabbi Yochanan had a very interesting uh, okay. image, yeah. <laughs> but he wants he wants all these he wants I guess he wants more people to look like him anyhow. But he says Shapiri they should be beautiful like me. In another Gemara the version is I want that the kids will be scholarly like me. Armilei so the Rabbanon said aren't you afraid of ain't a bishop a bad eye? So Armelu, he said, Anam Mizara de Yosef, because I come from Yosef. The loy shalta be'enabisha, no bad eye affects him. Dixiv, what's the source? The Gemara quotes three sources. Yosef was benched, Bain Peris Yosef. Yosef is a, a son of uh, grace. Bain Peris Aliyoin above the eye. Amr don't read Aliyoin on the eye, rather Oiliyoin above the eye. That Yosef is above any, unaffected by anyone's evil eye. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chinina says from elsewhere, Yankiv benched Menashe and Ephraim, Yidgu, they should be like fish, Leroy, because they should multiply like fish. Just like fish in the water, the water protects them from the eye. The Ein, Ein, Hora, shall let to spam. They're protected by the water. So to Zara, shall Yosef, Ein, Ein, Hora, shall let to spam. The Gemara gives a third answer. Yosef didn't allow his eye to linger and enjoy the view of the sight of his mistress, uh, the wife of Paitifer, Ayin Shaloi Rotsasa Lozun Mimash Enishlay's eye that didn't want to enjoy what was not his, he's rewarded Ain Ayin Hodeshaletis boy. Which is actually this is what we started off. He's from Yosef. When he asks how could the Luchas be affected by thine he quotes his Khmer and says, if Yosef who obeyed the Torah by shutting his eye was reward the eye and heart can't the affect him. Itself. Imagine the Torah itself. So he can't understand the luchas. And we answered from Rabbi Chaim yeah. Falaji, it was our sin of the eagle that we, we, we corrupted the luchas. When the Gemara says that Yosef, what was Rabbi Yechelen's trick? He comes from Yosef. The truth is the Mukubalim say that Rabbi Yechelen was a Gilgal of Yosef. We had a whole shir about this once as well. That's why Rabbi Yechelen was always a man about the future. He says, Chatish, you're not allowed to have a half a kazayas of Treif because you might go and have another half a kazayas. Whereas Reish Lakish is a Gilgal of Yishmol, he's always living in the present. That's why Reish Lakish allows you to have a half a kazayas. Anyhow, but Rabbi Yechon is a Gilgal of Yosef, granted. But do you think he comes from Yosef? I want to prove to you he doesn't come from Yosef. You know why? The Gemara says in Masech the Shabbos that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi came from David HaMelech. And therefore, whenever he learned the story about David HaMelech with Basheva, a very shady Misa, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi gave it a positive twist. He, the Gemara says because he came from David, he twisted the Psukim to give a very favorable interpretation for his Zayda. Who was this? Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. But Rabbi Yechon doesn't do the same thing for Yosef. What do I refer to? It's another Gemara in Shabbos, elsewhere in the Masech the Shabbos. The Gemara there brings a debate. When Yosef went to his master's house on that fateful day when the whole family was gone, they were all in church in the cloister for some holiday, and the only one was in the house was him and the mistress. 
And it says he went into the house to do malachtoi, to do his business. So the Gemara says, was it to do his accounting work or to do the business with the woman? And Rabbi Yechelen says it was to do the deed. So again, if he comes yeah, from Yosef, then he should, he should do what Rabbi Yudanasi did to David. He should be the first one. Rabbi Yudanasi, Yosef went in to do uh, his accounting. So I want a tiny that he doesn't come, he doesn't come from Yosef. So how can I say that? He says that he does. Look at the next Gemara number nine. Number nine. The Gemara in the end of, towards the end of Brachas. If somebody enters into a city, you're afraid of the Eina Bisha of Ayin Horror. You know what you're supposed to do? You come to a new place for Shabbos, you walk into Shul, and you're worried, you know, you know you're, 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 you're so, you're, yeah. exactly. So, Linked, you know what you do? Linked, you take the thumb of your right hand, Bidod is small in your left hand. And the thumb of your left hand, v'zakfa didod ismilu, the thumb of the left, bidod yimin in the right hand. You go like this, that's how you... So if you ever see someone walking into a show like this, you know exactly what they're thinking. They think they're on top, they think they're on top of the world. <laughs> they're worth exactly. Thumb of your left hand is your right hand. I'm sorry. You've got to practice. You've got to practice. Left hand above the right. Yeah. You're too, too natural for you. Too natural. ready for my golf swing. Uh, so the Gemara says, mahach, you have to say I'm the following. I'm not playing on plenty. I come from Yosef. This is what everyone should say. The loy shalta bay ain't doesn't uh, affect him. And the Gemara quotes Ben Paris Yosef, Altikre on the eye, but above the eye, and then Vyid Golaroiv, look at one line down. The the Vi What if you're afraid of your own eye horror? Oh. So when the last time, if you're afraid of your own ayin hodah, what does that mean? Either it means you're afraid you might give somebody else an ayin hodah, or there are some say there's an Indian you can cause an ayin hodah to yourself. yourself. Wow. Very strange idea. <clears throat> but the, the simple meaning is, what if you're worried that you might cast an ayin hodah on somebody else? What if you're worried you walk into shul and you're, and you're worried, you know, you might, you might be envious of somebody else. Lech said you should look at on the skin, the nechire, the small of your left nostril. So you got to gaze on your left nostril, and that way you won't be able to see anybody in the show. And the, that's what it says. You got <laughs> you to gaze at your left nostril. X Men. <laughs> no, 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 no chanting. Oh. Up on one foot. No Why chanting. Didn't you, say the no, mis- you don't say Ben Peres. Nothing. No, because the chayre, the Ben Peres, the, the the to say I come from Yosef means I'm not affected. Yosef could cast iron horror on others. So the, shi- the Marshal asked in this Gemara, how could everyone walk in and say, I come from Yosef? What if you don't? So the Marshal says, every Yid really comes from Yosef. Because in Tehillim, it says, Hashem Hazino, Noyig Katsoin Yosef. You lead the Yidin like sheep. I mean, we refer to the Yidin as Yosef. The Medjur says, since Yosef sustained us, while we were right. in Egypt, right. we're all called Al Shalom. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you another pshat over here. And the pshat is what Mendel said. There's a Gemara in Psachim at the end which speaks about the four cups of wine on Pesach. You, you're not supposed to do things in pairs and doubles. And the Gemara is a whole arichis about something very strange. That if you do things in pairs, demons can come. It can be very dangerous. Zugais. It's a whole Gemara about Zugais, not doing things in pairs. One. Evens and yeah, odds. evens, yeah, yeah, things like that. 
And the Gemara, though, there says the following words. You know who the demons can have an effect on? Someone who's worried, anxious. Man the cup, but if you make it into a big deal, it becomes a big deal. Man the light cup, if you don't think it's a big deal, then it won't have an effect on you. The Gemara says a black and white. It head. says it about Zugis. In other words, if you feel, you know, if you feel, if you feel Moshe was afraid, the famous Sikha Moshe was afraid, Pari's going to hear about that he killed Dimitri, yeah, yeah. and Pari Taka hurt. Had he not been afraid, it never would have happened. Yeah, yeah share on that. Maybe, I, I don't know if I gave a share on it. No, we didn't. Probably came up in one of the discussions. Yeah, yeah. There are. So, the Rebbe, in a letter, Tainas, that the same thing by Ayin Hoda. The Gemara is talking about Zugas doing things in pairs. But the Rebbe learns Ayin Hoda. Does Ayin Hoda exist or not? You decide. You decide. Is that a Gemara Ain Mazul Yisrael, but that, that's not Ayin Hora. That's about being born at different days and different hours. But the Ayin Hora, it all depends. If you know, if you make it into an issue. What do you mean? How do you go against the Klara, the Modas, and everything? No, that that's you. No, in other words, no. There's all, all this no, is no. Up there, to there, you. There's the less you make of it, the less it's going to exist. It could be yes. can't eradicate it completely. No, but but definitely, the more of an issue you make of it the more you allow yourself to be controlled by it, the more it will control you. Reb Chaim Konievsky disagrees. Reb Chaim Konievsky tainas that that Gemara and Psachim was only about Zugas doing things in pairs. Ayin Har does not depend on your attitude. But the Rebbe disagrees. And Reb Avadya Yosef very... What are the Rebbe's proofs? Or is it just a one There line? is a... There's, yeah, the, the Rebbe, there is a run in the Dorim that might be a proof. But no, the upon him, bring down? I don't think so. I don't think so. Avadya Yosef has a long discussion where he also agrees with the Rebbe on this issue. That uh, you know why the Rambam cast away the Indian of Ayin Hoda? With the Rebbe's pshat. The the If you believe Hashem Echod, the Abish Shafir Tevel, there's no other power, then there won't be any other power. It's like they say they once brought the Rambam to a house full of shadim to show the Rambam there's demons there. And he came there, and when he came, they all disappeared. In front of the Rambam, they don't exist. And we can all be a little Rambam. So that's the word to the Gemara number nine. The Gemara said, You should say you come from Yosef. What if I don't? You don't have to come from Yosef. If you say, I'm a Yosef guy. I'm holding that just like Yosef was benched, that nothing that is invincible, the Abish to protects him. I walk around with the same stoles, you will be protected. You, it's, 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 you should say it, you should believe it. So, so to Rabbi Yechon, Lav Dafka comes from Yosef. Like we said, because he didn't defend Yosef in the story about going it. into that, but he lived it. So, oh, oh. so it's even in the Gemara that it doesn't exist. Right, exactly, exactly. So the fees that you might see from both of these Gemaras, that is exactly, I want to say, but, but, oh, the fees there, the fees there. You go back to Rabbi Yosef Kaira. Rabbi Yosef Kaira seemed to contradict himself. On the one hand, he says, looking at someone else's garden is a full prohibition. He takes it literally. It's prohibition. And the reason it's prohibited is because you could hurt the guy. Here's the thing. Imagine you have two neighbors. I'm over here and you're over there. I want to force you to build a wall. Why? Because you're not allowed to look at my stuff. Why? Because you could damage. But you can only damage if I make myself susceptible to it. I can't force you to build a wall if the reason why there's going to be damage is because I'm the one. I'm in control. Yeah, that's the vote. No, so the answer is very simple. The answer is very simple. 
Rebbeinu of Cairo says, if you're looking at someone's crop, it's usher. You could damage it. But he can protect himself. If he davens every day and really believes that your iron heart won't hurt him, it won't hurt him. So he can't force you to build the wall. Spectacular. Because it's up to him if you damage him or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or when it comes to in your home, is Pasha invading your privacy, it's direct damage. But here, since you're the one who has the choice, or not, you can't force him to build the I wall. I can't tell him to build a wall when I can just not have a let, let it effect right, on me. Right, and then right. He right. won't have to I, it's not so easy for me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make him a direct damager when the ball is in your court. And that's what Abiyot of So if you take the vort of the Rebbe okay, and you learn that in the Gemara over here, then uh, it very much answers Abiyot of Kaira's opinion on the matter. I'll say this comes up all the time in Shul about giving an aliyah. Two brothers, one after the other. Yeah. A father and a son, a Zayd and an Enikul. Yeah. So in Shulchan Aruch, it's quotes from Maram of Rottenberg. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that says, Minadin is no problem, but you shouldn't do it. Right. Because of iron hotter. When people see the whole family together, it could cause the iron hotter. Yeah, that guy's getting. Now his do. So, so there are many that are makel, there are many that are lenient. Avadya Yosef says, you could be lenient on it nowadays. Avadya says, nowadays people aren't so superstitious. People are bigger believers. That ho- he says, it's only an issue of Ayin horror if the brothers allow themselves to be susceptible to it. But if they're big maminim, they can go right in. So he passed him that that halacha nowadays doesn't apply. <coughs> That's how far he went. That's well, how far we he went. That, so let's say by a Zayd and an Einukul. We don't do it with brothers. No, but some, some places there's a problem. But because it's a machloikas there, you could throw this into the mix and say, no, there's, whenever there's a machloikas, if you, Ayin or not, you could throw this into the mix and say, well, even if there is, you can kind of protect yourself from it. Yeah, yeah. It's the same idea. 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 Same idea.